Hey, I wanted to welcome you to uh, the next talk here in this Love Came Down series. Glad you could join us, whether it's on Facebook, YouTube, or on the website today at Open Life Church Online. Today we're going to talk about love came down at just the right time at just the right time. And I want to lead in with the story of from the Gospels, from Luke 2, of Jesus' birth. This is what we read on Christmas morning in the Huff House uh, in some way, shape, or form. Maybe we'll watch it in a video form or read it in a book, and I'll talk more about that in a second. But I want to read it for you. It says, in Luke 2, 1, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there register, to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Get this, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, on earth to those on whom his favor rests. Can you imagine being a part of that storyline, any part of that storyline? Because the time came, it says there. Did you catch it? The time came, and it's easy to just glean right over a phrase like that and think, well, yeah, the time came for her to have a baby. It's it's like what happens when you get to, you know, uh, that season of pregnancy, and it's time for the baby to come. But it's actually way bigger. God's timing is way bigger than that. We worship a God of perfect timing. Listen to these two passages. The first, Galatians 4, verse 4 says, when the right time came. God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And Romans 5, 6 says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Christ came at just the right time, not just the time. He came at just the right time. And that's our big idea today. When things appear helpless, Jesus comes at the right time. Have you experienced that personally? I know I have in various forms, uh, but one of the core truths of the gospel is that Jesus, the whole story of Jesus' arrival represented God's perfect timing. God works at just the right 
time. And while this is an encouraging truth, I got to be honest, it is much tougher to practice. It's hard to put into practice this, this trust in God's timing. But let's see if we can make sense of it today. How well do you trust God's timing? How well are you at focusing in on that? In, the, in this fast-paced, have it now, uh, prime next day, two hours in some cases, uh, two hours in the deliveries at your door. Uh, it's tough to hold on to faith for a season of time, right? Man, when we got to look through the unknown or we've got to wait through silence, how long before you lose sight of God? How long uh, does it take for you to say it's too long. I don't know. I remember a season of my life when I sold furniture. I actually worked at Underhill's Fine Wood Furniture. And we not only had wood furniture, but couches. And one of the cool things that we sold, and I sold a ton of, were these little custom-made kitchen nooks. Um, you would uh, you know, have a little space in your kitchen off to the to the side, and instead of getting a table and chairs, we would build these benches in this nook and could design it. I would go in and measure their home. It was incredible, right? Another thing we did really well were custom couches with the different companies we had, and you could build it or custom armoires. Uh, you could build them to fit the exact space in somebody's home. And it was very affordable. We had great builders around the Northwest. But here, here's the tough part of the job. Uh, it would all go well and people's dreams would get large and we would mark it down. And you might think it was the price that turned them off. That's not it. The moment I had to tell them how long it would take for them to get this built to then insert into their house was where you'd lose them. Sometimes it was great. It was six to eight weeks, but other times you're telling somebody it's going to be 12 to 14 weeks before your custom fabric, custom size couch is built. It's going to fit that space just perfectly. And you would watch the customer's eyes kind of just glaze over, right? And you know you lost them. If they didn't come in expecting to have to wait, then they were totally thrown for a loop. And I unfortunately would lose a ton of sales at that moment. But there's even a, a more sad group, I would say, that would settle. They would take whatever was on the floor model or something that was available to load into their car at that moment. They would take something that didn't fit and probably they would not like very much. But they would settle because they couldn't wait. Have you done that before? Uh, I, I'm relating right now in the Huff home. We have a 14-year-old refrigerator that is uh, uh, screaming at us. And I'm just glad while I'm recording this right now, it's not making noise. I should knock on wood real quick. But anyway, it, it just squeaks and squeals and we cannot figure out why. And, and we've watched all the YouTubes to try to fix it and it didn't work. So we decided Labor Day weekend that we were going to order ourselves uh, a new refrigerator. So we were shopping for different styles and we found one that was just perfect, had all the right features that we were looking for. And uh, so we went and we said, yeah, we'll take this one. And he's like, well, let me see what we got. Oh, we don't have any in stock, but we can order it for you. And you could see like even our like, well, how long will it be? Oh, it's only going to be four weeks. It's going to be here by October 3rd. And so I was like, nice. 
Done. Let's do this. That's the perfect refrigerator for the Huff Home. Well, wasn't long, a couple weeks probably, and I got the first phone call. Uh, yeah, uh, sir, your your order is going to be a little delayed. Uh, GE's having a little delay in their warehouses due to COVID. It's always due to COVID. That's a real easy pass off. And uh, it's like due to COVID delay in manufacturing and shipping and stuff. So it won't be here till November 3rd. I'm like, oh, our refrigerator is still living. So we're just going to be patient, right? Well, it wasn't long and I got another phone call from Peter and he said, at Lowe's, and he said, <laughs> we're going to have another delay. We just got word from the manufacturer that won't be here until uh, December 3rd. I was like, well, uh, wow, really? Is there anything you can do? You know, no, no, no. Okay, okay, awesome. Well, a couple weeks go by, I get another phone call. I'm like, no, whenever I see this phone call from Lowe's, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. What are they going to say? And next thing you know, we're going to delay it again. We're going to delay it again. It got to January 3rd. I kid you not, this week I got another phone call. I'm going, great, it's going to be February 3rd. What's it with the 3rd? No, it's going to be January 4th. I'm like, one day, you're dialing this in. But can I just tell you, let's go back to September, Labor Day weekend. If they told me in September that this thing was going to take until January, if it even gets here in January, I would have been like, yeah, I don't know that our refrigerator is going to last that long. And if you could hear our refrigerator at night when it's doing its thing, you're like, it ain't going to live that long. But so far, the Lord has kept that refrigerator alive. I think it's a miracle and we should praise him. But I'm just looking at that going, that's taken so much patience not to bail and settle with another model that was close, but not quite, that they tried to push us into because it was in stock. And, and I just don't know. Where's your patience in that? And I look at the story of Jesus' arrival. These people got this, this waiting or this patience thing or God's timing thing really good. Because catch this. The people that Jesus showed up to had endured generations of silence from God. Um, they were in this situation. Man, those who witnessed Jesus' birth, these shepherds on the hill, all they had were the ancient texts of Scripture, the promises of God that were really old and old and old that they had in their hands that they were putting their trust in that said God would send a Savior, a king would be born. And they knew these things, but these were hundreds of years old at this point with no fresh prophet, with no fresh vision and revelation. Would you wait that long? Would you trust grandpa's, 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 grandpa's word on this? I don't know in our world today whether we would, and I don't know how they did it then, honestly, because they were people too, right? And I look at this and I go, God, how do we be more patient? And maybe it helps to look at the early people of the faith. Let's look at the prophet Isaiah. Let's look at what Isaiah said in Isaiah 40, 31. He says this, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When I was first given a Bible, uh, it was a New King James Version Bible that I just read you, the New King James translation of Isaiah 40, verse 31. And I remember how poetic and rhythmic it was. And I remember reading that passage. I actually memorized that passage early on in my faith. And, and it was so awe-inspiring because of the, 
really the the visual of eagles and I've always loved eagles but not only that but it's like at the time I was memorizing it, I was focused on, on I focused on the strength aspect. I focused on running and not being weary. I focused on walking and not being faint. I just didn't want to be worn out and down and overloaded and overwhelmed with life. I wanted to live life to the full, have that peace of mind God promises. And, and this verse kind of just gave me those promises. But when you back it up a little, I don't know that I realized it then, but I did when I was studying for this talk. When you back it up a little, who experiences that strength? Who experiences that freedom from the weariness the world around us is experiencing? Who experiences that strength of not being faint? It's those who wait. Those who wait on the Lord experience that. <laughs> and this leads into a construct that I believe will help us trust in God's timing today. A promise we can still trust that, that was made possible by the birth of Jesus so many years ago for you and me to embrace through faith. A promise that the church lived up to for generations prior to Jesus even showing up on the scene. And that's thought one. We must learn to wait. We've got to learn to wait. The people of the Gospels waited through silent generations. But these people in Isaiah... They were waiting because of persecution. They were waiting and listening to the words of the prophet in a season where they were experiencing being captives. They were experiencing a feeling of being forgotten or abandoned by God. They're questioning God and whether he's real still or was he just real to the, the Israelites that were freed from Egypt. They're questioning God. And that's when Isaiah speaks to them and challenges them to wait on the Lord. He's going to be the one that will give them the strength and the ability to run, the ability to walk without being weary or faint. And he comes at just the right time. In fact, in Isaiah 33 verse 2, we can see again, But Lord, be merciful to us, for we have waited for you. Be our strong arm each day and our salvation in times of trouble. And maybe it's trouble. It's a time of trouble for you. Maybe you're sensing that helplessness and you're like, God, where's your timing right now? Because if I were God, I would have healed COVID months ago, kept a business going. I would have, I would have allowed families to get together for Thanksgiving and Christmas. I would not have delayed all these things. You know what? He's still aware of what we're facing. His cry, he hears our cries. He hears our prayers right now. And he wants to give us the strength to wait. He wants to help us endure. God was encouraging them here through a prophet. That strength was found in the waiting. And for you as well, strength is found in the waiting for you. When we learn to wait for the Lord, we demonstrate our trust in his timing instead of the trust in him adopting our timing or adopting our plan or demanding our plan be adopted by him. Why do we persist in running when we're weary? Why do we persist in being uh, 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 trying to walk out things in a way that's faint because we're trying to do our own thing? Doesn't he promise that if we wait on him, he's gonna give us the strength? We gotta learn to wait. 
And I don't know if you're good at waiting. <laughs> I mean, how do, when do you open Christmas presents in your home? Think about that one, right? Hey, jot it in the comments or uh, give us some feedback here. What day is it? I know in, in our home, we do Christmas morning. As I mentioned earlier, we read the Christmas story. Kids always pick the shortest one. They just want to get to the gifts. And when we pick a long one, they're like, oh, this story's killing me. I just, it's so fun, especially when they're young, to just make it delay because the real reason we're celebrating is Jesus' birth. But uh, so before we unwrap those presents, we celebrate Jesus on Christmas morning. And then we unwrap the presents as a family together. And that's our tradition. Sometimes uh, maybe you'll feel the need to give them a peek on Christmas Eve. You'll let them unwrap one present. I know people who do that. Uh, maybe you're in a, a scenario where you just are a hunter. I don't know. Any of those here? You're going to go snooping around a house and you're going to try to find the gifts. You just can't wait. You need to know what you got. Uh, there are some of times we might say, hey, I need this. Here, I bought this for me. Can you wrap it and put it under the tree? Yeah, we're weird, but practical. Uh, so I look at that and I just go, you know, we hide ours in plain sight and just tell the kids not to go there. And hopefully they don't peek. Hopefully they don't get into them. But what, what, do you struggle waiting? Yeah, and this is a real practical way of waiting. But I mean, it shows us the, the, a truth. And that is, we know that if we don't go hunt for those and shake those gifts and guess those gifts, if we wait till Christmas morning, if we unwrap that gift and allow ourselves to be surprised, makes the gift that much greater. I think there's something in the surprise of God's perfect and right timing in our life to then look back and go, whew, that was the right decision. I'm glad I trusted in God. And once we've cultivated this ability to wait, we have a quality that develops in our life that would be called endurance. Uh, this quality for our life is endurance. Waiting leads to endurance. We can read it in Hebrews 12.1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so entangles us uh, or so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, not on our plan, right? On Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. Hear the language in that? It's another reminder that these lessons from generations of those who knew how to wait should teach us still today. Endurance can be a key to our sharing God's love. That same love God shared when his perfect timing allowed his one and only son to show up on the scene in a manger. A survey came out this week in the Gallup poll that showed where people's mindsets are. In fact, their mental health is what the survey was regarding. And, and it was looking at those who've had a, 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 their mental health degrade or some, if any, have had more positive mental health in 2020. And I mean, the swing was from, you know, the deep double digit negatives to, uh, to there was one positive. 
And it looked at gender, political affiliation, where they lived, how they behaved. And one category only was plus four. Like they had a, a, a growth in their mental health in that category. A Gallup poll. This is not like a Christian survey or any sort of bias survey. It was a Gallup poll that found that those who were weekly in church, be it online or in person, were growing in a more positive mindset. Their mental health is better now than it was at the beginning of 2020. I encourage you, people need to be growing in the faith. They need to be in groups. They need to be in service, be it in person or online, but weekly engaged. Don't stay silent or anonymous or in the shadows. Let us know you're here. Let us know your needs. Help us know how we can lead you and pastor you and serve you and help you in the wait. Help you to endure because we don't want you to give up and grow weary. We want to feed the endurance and the waiting. Romans 15, 4 says, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God who gives the patience and encouragement help you live complete harmony with each other as it's fitting for the followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ accepted you so that God will be given glory. Hey, I want to share the final key here uh, to cultivating trust in God's perfect timing. And it is learning to follow Jesus. Learning to follow. We must learn to follow Listen to this proverb. Proverbs 16, 9 says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. I don't know. What do you want to go with? Do you want to go with your, your course you planned and yeah, 2020 blew up your plan? Or do you want to lean into Jesus, grow in your relationship with Jesus, and figure out the plan that he has been establishing for your steps because he can course correct. He knows flexibility and flexure, right? And uh, the opposite of learning to wait on the Lord and endure is just buckling down and demanding our plan be the plan. And I'm gonna trudge on no matter what, you know, I demand that this is the way we do it. And we can run our own course and we could become weary. We can walk out our own plan and we could become faint and lack the strength to complete it. Or we can look to Jesus and put our trust in Jesus. We must learn to follow Jesus versus attempt to get him to endorse the course we have planned out. The difference in the waiting, the differences in the endurance, the differences in our posture, right? And this week, I was in a meeting where U.S. Bank's uh, manager was celebrating their wins over Thanksgiving, and they said it was such a win that they could be a part of Open Life's event, the community big give during Thanksgiving. And, uh, and it just caught me by surprise because earlier uh, in the week, I was talking with Jaden. We were reflecting on the community big give and the fact that 
we had, I think, 54. It was more than 50 people from Open Life served at the event, whether they were delivering meals or packaging them up. But that's the highest we've ever had participation in the community big give from Open Life. And, and, and so that was a huge win. 2020 was the best year yet for Open Life participation in this event. And so it was something to celebrate and we were kind of excited about it. And what that did by having so many open lifers active there is everybody saw it for the first time really is not just a community event, but open life is leading this. And they were grateful for what open life has done uh, for in a point of time of need in the community. And what does that have to do with this talk? Well, so many of our values are lived out at the Community Big Give, but the one that is most vivid, not, not only the generosity factor, but it's being present with community. We're there shoulder to shoulder with all kinds of agencies and, 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 and that are there to serve and people from the community and, and just serving the needs that exist in the vulnerable of our community. And it was pretty cool because when you think about waiting and endurance, really without patience, it is impossible to be present. If you're not patient for God's timing, you're always going to be thinking about what's coming and how to get there. And you're going to be so focused on the future that you miss the now. Patience and the ability to wait and the endurance it takes to wait allows us to be present right now, right here. Be present now. Be here with people and allow yourself to be that demonstration of the gospel that demands an explanation to those around you. May they be astonished, your patience in God's timing. May they be astonished that you still trust in God, no matter what the church has faced in 2020, right? And that's the challenge to you. That's a challenge to all of us. We can't disconnect and become impatient and decide not to follow God's plan anymore and just follow our own. We need to keep locked in on our plan because it shows with God's plan. I mean, not our plan. We need to be locked in with God's plan because it shows that we can follow. It shows that we trust his steps and we're gonna go for the path he's marking out for us and we're gonna be patient. It points the way to love and the fact that love came down for us in the form of a baby and, uh, and we're patient to wait for God to show up again, to heal our land, and to move in such a powerful way with the gospel around us. Here's your action step today. Trust in God's timing. Trust in his timing. Uh, maybe that means you need to turn your focus back on Jesus' plans versus your own, and you can step back and recognize, oh my goodness, I've been demanding he bless my plans versus I follow his. Um, they've been interrupted. <laughs> 2020 has interrupted all of us. And that's okay. We can realign our, ourselves with Jesus, lean back in on a consistent basis with our faith and begin to grow again. God so loved the world that he sent his son to you. So let's renew our determin determination to wait because waiting is an active choice that gives us strength. And let's renew our commitment to follow Jesus and engage with our faith on a daily, weekly, and consistent basis in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. God, I pray for those who join us today online at Open Life. I pray your blessings on them, that this Christmas season would be a realignment and focus back on you. Give us the ability to wait 
patiently. Give us the ability to trust in your timing because even when things are crazy around us and it feels like it's impossible to get out of, your perfect timing shows up every time. We trust you, God. We follow you today, Jesus. And we look forward to the rest of this Christmas season celebrating your birth and the fact that love came down for me, for each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. We'll see you next week.